Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the monthly video game briefing. That's the... Wait, Scott, why are you laughing? Were you laughing? I'm not laughing. No, okay, not less. That's, that's okay then. Uh, I thought I said something <laughs> funny. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja, and this show, the monthly video game briefing, is a briefing that we do every month about video games. Uh, it, it's a little bit different from other video gaming podcasts, however, because we try and, and take an approach that is a little bit more casual. Maybe you're not the super hardcore fan of video games, but you're still interested. You want to know what the, the kids are doing these days, or maybe you want to stay in touch, stay informed about gaming, but you don't necessarily need five or six or ten hours of podcast every month or every week. We're here for you. And today we're going to be talking about the games that are coming out or have come out in this month of February. We're going to be talking about a couple of other uh, bits of news like Apple may be planning a subscription service for gaming, Microsoft spreading the Xbox Live uh, platform to other platforms, etc., etc., as I said, my name is Patrick Beja. He is Scott Johnson. How's it going, Scott? I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad that you thought I was laughing at you at the beginning of the show because that's a sign of something. I don't know what because I was actually dead <laughs> silent. So I don't know what I don't know what it portends. But you know, Patrick's heading down some path, and I'm just happy to be here to watch it. It's fantastic. Well, I am quite ill, so it might be voices in my head. It's it's <laughs> very possible. Yeah. Um. So Scott, there are a ton of games coming out this month. Um. The the First one I want to talk about is a game that we had no idea uh, any of anything about it uh, uh, three days ago. It's called Apex Legends. It's a game by Respawn Entertainment, uh, published by EA. Respawn Entertainment, of course, the developers of the Titanfall series, former developers of uh, Infinity Ward, that was famed for uh, the success of Call of Duty and its glory days of modern warfare. That's a lot of names if you don't know uh, gaming very specifically, but the point is Apex Legends was announced yesterday. It's a battle royale game that is free to play, uh, and it's available already. That was a surprising way of doing things. Uh, did yeah, you get out, a chance to check it out? Nowhere. I haven't yet. I've installed it. Um, I plan to play it today. That's how kind of sudden this thing was. It just appeared out of nowhere. And I, you know, we'd heard a few days ago rumors of a Titanfall themed something, something coming. Nobody knew exactly what that meant. It also felt really weird and out of the ordinary for a company like electronic arts to not, uh, you know, do marketing behind this months in advance, an E3 announcement, something that seemed weird. Uh, also at the beginning of those rumors, it was like, Oh, Titanfall, uh, battle Royale with giant robots. Sweet. Let's go. And then, Turned out there are no giant robots. It's set in that universe, but it's not the same. You know, it's not just robots. I mean, some of that may be, in, in, you know, introduced in the future. Who knows? But uh, so some people were disappointed to hear that. Others were like, well, whatever, let's give it a shot. I immediately downloaded it and then got busy with a bunch of stuff and haven't had a chance. But this is a very unusual thing to have happened from a major publisher, a big name in development, uh, despite, you know, Titanfall series, despite the fact that two is one of the best games of this generation, like by far. That's an amazing game. Um, they haven't seen as much success on the sales front, and there's lots of reasons we don't have to get into for all of that. But yeah, uh, so I yeah. understand. I understand that maybe it's, this isn't the same as you know suddenly Bungie announcing something new, but still having it kind of poof out of nowhere is very odd, Patrick. It's it's a 
So it's a much smaller scope game than those ones. Uh, Battle Royale games are very um, uh, easy to iterate on, and this is certainly an example of that. They have some really interesting things they're doing with the game. It's, uh, as we mentioned, a free-to-play game, and um, there aren't a lot of characters you can choose from. It's based on different heroes that have different abilities, so that's an interesting take on the Battle Royale genre. It's only squad-based, and they do really clever things for communication. You you can only play in squads of three, but communication is never really an issue because you have contextual pings on the environment and on the map that you can do to uh, tell your teammates what you saw, what you think, etc., etc., and where you want to go. It's very cleverly done. Um, Free-to-play, it has loot boxes, but it displays the percentages of chances you have to get different rarities of different items. So they're trying to dodge the controversy of that uh, there. They will be selling additional heroes. They call them legends. Um, I've played a few a few uh, games. It feels really good. Uh, it's very accessible. I think it's a pretty good move on uh, Respawn's part. I don't think there's they have a giant team on it, which maybe facilitates this uh, lack of marketing and hype. It's just hit hard at a specific moment in time and, and go from there. Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty interesting uh, take on the genre. So that was... Yeah, I want to give it a shot. I think some of the special abilities are cool. I watched some, some videos, some streams of some friends playing and watching them use their grapple hooks and and zip zip lines and stuff like that seemed like some great new traversal ideas that bring a little bit of new to the to the market. Uh, I also think that there's a lot of devs right now in various positions of power that would love to knock Fortnite down a couple of pegs. Um, I think people are kind of wanting to change that dominance and 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 just you know introduce more noise in the market. Call of Duty did a little bit of that with Blackout. That continues to be, you know, solid and people like it, but it, you know, nobody's claiming it toppled uh, Fortnite. So I'm not saying this will either, but I think this is this is actually a good thing for everybody, including Fortnite. It's uh, it's a way to sort of keep everybody pumping and moving and and and, and iterating, like you said. And it's a uh, it's it's actually kind of exciting. It's easy to get cynical and go, oh, I'm sick of Battle Royale. How come everybody can't do something original? There's there's a bit of that well, going was, around. There was. I, th- I think it was Vince uh, Zampella. I can't be, I can't remember for sure, but someone said, you know, we've had the deathmatch mode that was, that has been iterated to death and every game has it. Battle Royale is like that. There's no reason you can't have versions of that mode for every game. And I would even argue it's more flexible and more iteratable uh, than a deathmatch uh, type of game. And we're seeing this. I actually tried uh, Realm Royale, uh, which is another mm. Battle Royale, um, free-to-play as well, available on all platforms. Um, it's it's really fun. It's surprisingly different and surprisingly interesting. I would actually recommend it. So there is Realm definitely Royale, it's uh, the guys who make... Um Paladins. Oh, it's uh, High Res Studios, yeah. Yeah, yeah, High Res. They also did that remake, uh, that fantastic remake, although I think they kind of left it to hang to dry, but uh, the Tribes remake they did, and they also mm. are famous for um, what's the MOBA with the uh, Greek um, theme, yes. third person? Uh, Smite. Smite. Smite, yeah, which it's continues to be. In general, but yes. Very, yeah. <laughs> Seems to be very uh, popular. So yeah, they they've done a good job as well. I mean, there there's some there's some good experiences to have out there, and I'm with you 100 percent on this. This is a really important thing to to, to put into people. Um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, "Man, enough with the battle royale," 
I know it feels like the flavor of the day, the trend of the moment, but it really is quite literally the coming together of an age old gameplay, finally meeting a technical ceiling it can, it can push and go, Oh, we can have a hundred people here and we can do this new thing. And now that that's here, yeah, it's like the new death match. Let it, let it run its course, let it run mm-hmm. its multi-year iterative change. And we'll see what we say in 10 years. Cause I'll bet we're saying, Hey, look where that led us. And Oh, there's a new thing that, that came out of, you know, us pushing those envelopes. Like this is, it's a good thing. And the interest in it is, I don't think slowing despite some of the cynicism that's cropping up. So no, it's fine. not slowing down. It, it definitely isn't. Uh, if for nothing, no other reason than uh, PUBG exploded two years ago and the development time on games like these is usually a year and a half, two years, maybe a little bit more. So everyone who's been developing them um, from the, the get-go who didn't convert an existing game is releasing them now. So <laughs> we're seeing a, a number of them. Um, on the 15th, so Apex Legends is available on many platforms. You can go play it now. On the 15th, we have a number of different games. Crackdown 3, Dead or Alive 6, Far Cry New Dawn, and Metro Exodus releasing all four all four relatively uh, uh, anticipated games um, releasing on the same day. Is there one that, uh, that, that you are... Uh, waiting for more eagerly than the others that's such a funny question all of these by the way he mentioned are sequels um in some cases very uh deep into the iterative cycle sequels dead or alive six and far cry new dawn is technically a sixth sixth iteration of the far cry games but uh i guess not really a full-blown sequel i assume there will be a far cry six at some point but um of all of these I think I'm most excited about Far Cry New Dawn. Um, despite the fact that 5 was a bit of a letdown, story was weird, could have gone places and chose not to, didn't really push the envelope gameplay-wise from previous installations of Far Cry. I'm a huge post-apocalyptic dude. I like, you know, kind of the world's been decimated, now what do we do sort of scenarios. That's what this is. And until I get my hands on, which isn't that far off either, but until I get my hands on Rage 2, this is going to kind of be my thing. I realize that Metro Exodus is also that, but Metro, the Metro series has always focused so much on kind of the gloominess. Yeah. And almost the horror aspects of like, we're in a dark place and what's that in the corner. Like I'm, I'm kind of not into that this time around. I I may be surprised by that because that's gone full open world and less, less corridors and stuff like that. So they, they may super impress me and I'll change my tune here, but as it stands right now, zero interest in Dead or Alive 6 or Crackdown 3. So I think for me, it's Far Cry New Dawn at the moment. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I, none of them really excite me, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm kind of uh, weaseling out of answering here. Um, <laughs> of course, Dead or Alive is a fighting game that I think will... All of these, I think, will mostly appeal to people who are already into uh, that series. Uh, I don't think any of them will welcome new players all that much. So that's why I'm kind of uh, not, you know... Uh, not really answering i think if you don't know that you're um that you're interested in these games uh then you're probably not is yeah probably not it's the end of the month that you want to get excited about possibly because anthem is you know technically new though it borrows from existing genres and is an iteration of a lot of things but 
But yeah, that's your that's probably your game, which I know you're going to get to in a second. But that's the one of the month where you're like, oh, okay, here's here's a new thing that uh, just about everybody's talking about, and may or may not be my you know my cup of tea. Um. Well, let's talk about Anthem. Um, All right, let's do it. Did you play the demo that has been available over the past couple of weekends? Negative. Uh, I have been. I'm excited about Anthem in a general way, but I'm not. I hate this lead up, and I hate the 22 versions that you can pay for, and the early. This one gets your early hoo ha, and this one's an open bit, and this one's a murder. I hate that. It's like buying Windows freaking XP or whatever it was back in the day. Uh, or even, I guess Windows 10 even has a ton of versions now. But just, I hate this versioning of games. I want standard, I want digital deluxe, and I want collectors. The, those are the three choices. Otherwise, you're giving me <laughs> choice paralysis, and I'm annoyed. So I'm I'm annoyed to the point where I'm fine waiting. I don't need to test it. I don't need to have bugs and problems. I'm very closely listening to what all my friends are saying. Uh, and I'm interested in this game, but I want to. I, I need to see it come out. I need to see what the press has to say. I need to see what the general player base is saying. I kind of need to taste all that before I dive in because I'm just what I am. I'm skeptical. I'm I'm destined out. I'm a lot of feelings about this, and I and I want it to be great, but I don't want to. You know, if it's, if it's the Iron Man simulator we all asked for with Diablo style loot, then I'm in. If it's if it's a the kind of a buggy mess and has all kinds of issues and problems or, you know, narrative problems or whatever they may be, I kind of want to know before I dive in and choose from a menu of 15 different game choices. <laughs> which I well, that that's definitely a, a reasonable way of looking at it. For those who don't know, Anthem is a very big project from BioWare, very big developer uh, and published by EA, very big publisher. It's a game as a service where you play a, um, you kind of enter Iron Man type armors that all have, you have four different types and they all have different abilities and way to handle them. And you go around in a, an alien world that kind of looks like Pandora and you shoot things with your guns and, uh, lasers and rockets and uh etc etc so what uh happened during the demo was that a lot of people were very excited about it the demo was buggy and then the second week of the more open demo worked a lot better but still left people with a lot of questions so i would absolutely say wait until diving in. The game has a lot of promise. Um, the the Iron Man simulator part of it succeeds exceedingly well. It is incredibly satisfying to just, you know, jump off a cliff, activate your thrusters and start flying around. It feels exactly like it should feel. Uh, the concern is in the variety and uh, breadth of content in the game, really. Um, there are assurances that there is a lot to do, but it's certainly... What a lot of people have been telling me, people that have played the game a lot more because they've been part of alpha uh, tests and stuff like that, it, it, they told me that they uh, uh, EA and BioWare almost shot themselves in the foot with this demo because it was so limited. So I'm hoping it will work out. Uh, the game has a lot of promise, but as you said... 
I wouldn't recommend to buy it before you heard back from uh, people who, who play it, who have played it for at least a week or two, maybe even, um, so that they can tell you exactly what to expect. It's also a great time to let you know patches come in and things settle and sure and all the stuff that's just bound to happen with a game like this. Uh, what they're aiming for is is sounds great. Everything on paper looks good to me. Just feels like one of those things that you could get hyped into getting in too early and then being soured. I would rather I would rather let things kind of go the course. You know, we live in a time where this is just the way it is. When you get a new game, especially a big one, especially one that's based on a lot of connectivity and games as a service sort of features and that sort of thing. There's no such thing as ships on day one perfectly done and ready. It just doesn't exist. It probably never has. Um, those days are gone. Those were cartridge games, and those were from a couple of decades ago. Uh, these days, that's just how it is, and it doesn't matter how big or how much money was behind it. You're going to have some rough beginnings. And so I would, I would just watch from afar a little bit. You'll be okay. It's not going to go anywhere. I think they have a very long tail on this thing, unless EA is dumb about it. And uh, yeah, let it see. Let us see how it plays out in that first week. Plenty of people Absolutely. are going to be guinea pigs for you. You don't have to be the guinea pig. Yeah, including me. I'll, I'll, I pre-purchased it so but for work, yeah. you know, for work purposes. It's oh, I of need course, it absolutely good to justify it. I understand. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, uh, a few bits of surprising news in the mobile uh, slash subscription (laughs) services uh we've been hearing that there might be a new ipod touch coming from apple um which would be marketed as a gaming machine which makes a lot of sense gaming is really big on this platform even if uh some of us don't really uh get the mobile gaming genre um and apple even more interestingly it seems that apple might be planning a subscription service for games it might be games that you can download or maybe even streaming uh, another yet another company that is exploring the possibility of streaming games um and I'm I'm going to add to that another weird one before I ask you what you think of all of this. Microsoft is apparently uh, working on an SDK for Xbox Live uh, to be brought to other platforms than just uh, the Xbox and Windows PC. So it would be it would also um include cross-play possibilities for those who want to implement it, but mostly it would be the friends list, the achievements and all of that social networking aspect and it would be uh, available on for developers who make games on iOS, Android, Switch on top of the uh, Xbox and Windows PC. So Honestly, I don't know what to think of either of those. So, Scott, please tell me what you think. Well, all right. On the Xbox side, Xbox Live side, it's um, my first reaction when I saw it was that, like everyone else, is like, "What? Wait a minute! What? What are we doing? What's this? What? what? I had all kinds of questions." What does it? What do you mean, Xbox Live on other platforms? Yeah, it's a very odd thing. But then I started to think about it. Well, wait a minute. They already have this on mobile to some degree. Uh, which is, you know, like you said, manage your friends list, check your messages, uh, look at gamer scores. What's the gap? You know, what how, what's my progress on this one game as far as achievements, blah, blah, blah. That's all there. And I think that's what they're doing. And it also, uh, it also feeds well into Microsoft's overall uh, push, it seems, these years under Satya Nadella, which is get Microsoft be infrastructure, be, be everywhere. Yeah. Be be as many places as you can. Quit trying to be, you know, be platform agnostic. Don't don't 
get into the old tropes that they used to get into, which was very isolated and, and put them in a place that they had to kind of crawl out of. And they've done a great job of that. I really, I really love that about Microsoft right now. I think it's amazing. Um, but this is not for those wondering, Oh, do I'll be able to play crackdown two or three on my freaking switch? No, no. That's not what this is. Well, this maybe is not a- on the Switch, but remember, they also have the xCloud project, uh, which, mm-hmm. quite frankly, is a completely separate thing. But you might very soon be able to play those games on your mobile game, on your mobile. That's, that's very true. Yeah. And I think but that it they, is a different I, thing. It would be a different thing. But also, that's a huge thing. I think that would be an amazing uh, step for them to take. Uh, but yeah, putting this brand as many places as possible, including a device like the switch. I mean, this has to make Nintendo as, as, as the platform and publisher on that device go, wait a minute, is this too weird? Like we literally have a thing on here. You, you would download through our store that would say Xbox live, like Xbox right there, like the competing platform (laughs) right there in the name. Like that must be weird for them. It would be the same to me as if, I don't know. Some of this happens on mobile, I guess, already where you have weird crossovers. You know, Samsung has has app products on iOS because they have, you know, security cameras or other kind of smart devices or whatever. But it would be a little bit like, I don't know. No, it's it, like, is I, I, it is weird. I, it is I weird. It, yeah. It's really weird. And so I understand everybody's initial reaction being a little bit like, whoa, what the heck is this? But if Nintendo's down to clown and it really is just Microsoft saying, hey, we think you know, basically, this is their their way of saying it without saying it. But they're kind of saying the Switch is kind of a cool companion device, like mobile is, or like any other devices that where we can put our stuff is a cool companion device. You're playing your Switch games, and you're also checking your Xbox stuff because at home you really like the Xbox experience on console. Like that's the bet they're making, and they're probably right. Well, and it's even, you will it's not even see more than that. You, you, if you have games on the Switch that use the Xbox Live. Uh, infrastructure they will you'll have your friends from the xbox live system that are different from your friends list on the switch uh, uh you know the nintendo side of things it's it's yeah, wild i i i don't know if there isn't something if there isn't another shoe that needs to drop at some point like something well, the, that will the, be announced with the next console or i don't know but it's weird there's more to it I, I agree with you but i also think if there's another shoe to drop it might be this one that's made out of cement and is permanently attached to sony's foot because sony <laughs> that's true sony doesn't want to play they're like mm, no this is weird and they're not there's no way this shows up on their platform there's no yeah. way i go to the playstation store and find an xbox live thing so there's there's still that rub but this is all this is microsoft putting Sony in a position where they have to act or they at least have to respond. They have to do something because Sony's starting to look like the old stingy console leader again, like you do, like Microsoft did last time. And like they are this time and they did the time before that. And, you know, this is the pattern. And it's so funny to watch them fall into it because part of it is them forgetting and being a little too hot to trot. But then part of it is the company who's who kind of got, you know, had a had a rough go of it. This this generation, in this case, Microsoft being innovative and pushing in new directions that's making Sony have to react. And it's, I love this part of the process. I think it's fascinating <laughs> to watch. And it's All good right, for so, us as gamers because we're going to get some better stuff out of it. So there you so go. So what do you think about the Apple subscription service? Possible? Probable? Uh, possible. I think also probable in terms of what it would be. I don't think it would be like a Netflix style thing outside of like, well, it might be, but it, I, I think it'll be more akin to like, PlayStation Plus or Game Pass or something where 
games come in and out of it on a regular basis. And if you, if you grab them while they're in there, some might be a permanent own as long as you're paying for the service. Others might be just in the catalog and they, and they kind of rotate in and out. I don't think this will be, see, uh, subscribing now every game on iOS is free. No, of you know course, I mean? of course. But, but the interesting thing on iOS is that, um, most of the games that are popular are free to play. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so true. Even if they give you for that subscription service a, a pack of gems or skins or whatever for those free to play games, I don't think it's very compelling. First of all, the price needs to be relatively low, and I think it would be um, mm-hmm. between three and five bucks, which is the price. Five bucks a month is the price of PlayStation Plus and um, Xbox Live. Uh, the Nintendo one is cheaper than that. So Apple is pushing into services to complement their revenue, which is not growing as much in other areas, specifically the iPhone. So that would make sense. But I'm not sure what they can offer for it. Um, maybe it will push developers to make games that you have to pay for a little bit more so that you know they get maybe some publicity with this subscription service or things like that. But in a world, yeah, in a, in a world where every game is free to play, why yeah. do you want a subscription service for yeah, I, I feel like uh, I mean I the the gaming I do more gaming on phones than you do I think and I yes. I like some of what the platform brings to the world of games and I'm cool with it. Um, there's other things I don't like about it, but one of the things I really don't like about it is the proliferation of free to play and microtransactions and ridiculous numbers of currencies and games and all this silliness that's that's cropped up around it. If this service actually prompted people, or at the very least gave them exposure to those premium games that are normally a buck ninety nine, two bucks, four bucks, whatever. And they they were able to get that in front of people more because the price is no longer a barrier. I think that's a good thing for premium games. And there are lots of cool things happening on that platform that people just don't run into because it isn't Clash of Clans and it isn't, you know, whatever free thing it is. And so I I agree with you. I think this is a weird thing in the in the fact that their ecosystem is so established now as a place where a, a company can figure out the monetization method and make it free to get into and then make the money on the back end. This seems counter to that in some ways, but if it is to help promote those those premium uh, sort of indie independent experiences, then I think I'm for it. I I don't know. I, I need to see what this looks like. It's it, I have a lot of questions about it. Obviously, it's still in very early rumor stage, so we don't know. Yeah. But uh, we I, I'd be very for curious. A while. It, yeah. Okay. Um, well, yes, we we don't know, I guess, is the conclusion to probably both <laughs> of those pieces of news. Um, sure. But they're really strange and, and, and surprising. So I thought it would be definitely, they're big uh, news, so it would be worth mentioning. It's also uh, far-reaching stuff for this audience, I think, because everyone's got phones, everybody, you know, as an example, or, you know, a lot of people have Switches because that's a, that's a very popular sort of casual game device for people to, to swallow, get for their kids or otherwise own. And so these affect, I think, more of this audience than than we might even think. So Possibly, oh, yes. You know, oh, yeah, hopefully this, all this stuff becomes clear in the next couple of months. Or years. Um, years. <laughs> three uh, additional bits of news that are, I don't know, somewhat corporate shenanigans related. So I bundled them together. Um, first, Bungie the developer of Halo of Yore and of Destiny of Now, I suppose, uh, is splitting (laughs) away from Activision. And 
is retaining the rights to the Destiny franchise, which was co-owned by uh, both them and, and Activision when it was launched. Um, the the partnership was entered ten years, uh, eight years ago. It was supposed to last for ten years, but they are now parting ways before the end. I think Destiny was a product that wasn't working out perfectly enough for either of them because of the different priorities of each entity. EA has cancelled a Star Wars game, uh, the one from their uh, Vancouver studio. Um, and it was a big ambitious project that was maybe a little bit too ambitious and gamers were very disappointed to hear that because EA has had the exclusive license for games uh, from Star Wars, from LucasArts and now Disney for years and they've only released two games that were mediocre or too average. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. The game uh, that is scheduled for this year from Respawn Entertainment is still scheduled, so we'll see if that happens. And finally, um, the the game Metro Exodus, we just mentioned, which is releasing this uh, month, is uh, being switched from the Steam store to the Epic Game Store. It was available for pre-order on Steam for months. Those will be uh, made available, of course, to the people who pre-ordered it, but it's not available for pre-order anymore. It's exclusively available on the Epic Game Store for a year at a reduced price, by the way, if you're in the US. It's 10 bucks uh, less, but it's making a lot of gamers uh, very unhappy and uh, Valve is exclaiming that it's unfair to its users. So, a bunch of things here. You get your pick. You can talk about all of them. Let me know what you think. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, I, I want to weigh in on this Valve coming, actually saying something about this Metro Exodus. Exodus. <laughs> get it? Because, uh, you know, it's the name of the game. See? Um, they, when I first saw the headline, I went, oh, this is now finally Valve's getting skittish about everything Epic's doing. Oh, boy. Well, all right. Of course, they're going to start saying stuff. But then I read into it and I realized, no, oh, wait a minute. This is kind of a raw deal, actually. Metro Exodus has, they, they made their, their agreement, their standard agreement to be on Steam like they have with previous titles and, and ongoing titles. The previous Metro games are still there. Um, and uh, took pre-orders. Like straight up, people could buy it and did. And was very high on the charts in terms of its uh, pre-order status and was, you know, pulling in orders and whatnot. And then suddenly, kind of out of nowhere, if you if if Valve is to be believed, and I don't have any reason not, you know, to doubt them, uh, the developer said, yeah, we're, we're yanking this and doing a deal with Epic. And they yanked it. And Yeah, but the pre-ordered, they, the, the people who pre-ordered it are still going to get it. It's not like... Well, they're still going to get it, but it's weird. It's like... You'll still get it, and you'll still get it through Steam, and you'll still get the patches and everything. But it's just, it's weird. It's a little weird. You know what I mean? Like, I can, <laughs> here's a game I can't buy in the store, but I'll be, this is where I'll get my updates and my, and my stuff and my licenses through Steam. But now they're over there with some exclusivity thing, and me, I'm over here, and my friend's over there. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's odd, and it's, we are entering the PC game store wars proper. Everything right. up till now has been a skirmish. It's like, here comes Origin. Oh, it's just a little battle outside the fence. It's fine. We got it. Uh, oh, here comes Uplay. Well, not only did Uplay not really carve a hole into anything, but they're actually going to just go ahead and work with us. So now Uplay works with us at Steam. You buy it here, but, you know, Uplay is kind of running in the background. And each one comes, and each one kind of does okay, and then sort of sits off to the side. 
this is the first all full on assault <laughs> that the valve has experienced as as steam and it's i'm finding it fascinating to watch and it's going to get weirder from here i don't think this is the going to be the last of these and man gamers sure love weighing in on this there's a big call to boycott epic because of this on some hands and other people are like no nah, this is great steam needs to have their have their you know come up and here this is time for for uh, epic to shine everybody move over to the epic store and then people realize oh wait all these games i own on steam like it's a it's getting weird and i think it's actually in the end good for us more competition better for me and you but it is uh it's a fun fight to watch. And I actually think yeah. Valve has a point here. I think it's a little skeevy. For, them maybe for this one, it's a little bit unfortunate. I would agree. But it is also, it it irks me a little bit to see Valve crying about fairness when they have been benefiting from this industry standard of 30%. Because, of course, if people don't remember, the difference between the Valve, uh, the Steam Store, and the Epic Game Store is that Valve, for the most part, uh, gets 30% of the revenue and uh, Epic gets... 12% of the revenue. So, of course, uh, developers who are customers of this store as well, uh, it's not just us, the, the, the customers. The, the developers are using these stores and they're customers of Valve and Epic. Um, Valve has been, has in effect a monopoly on PC games. And there there was no competition. And so that's why they've been able to hold on to that 30%, which has been making them I think, an inordinate amount of money because there was no competition. And it's not like competition was forbidden, but no one managed to break it. And so they could sit comfortably with their 30% cut. And I don't think that was particularly fair of a situation. It was what it was, but it wasn't super fair. And so now that Epic is coming, and of course, Val has the monopoly, so they have the mindshare of the entire gaming population on PC. Of course, Epic has to pay some developers to get timed exclusives to get people to pay attention more to their store. Of course, the, the price is uh, important as well, but that's an indication of the power of that monopoly that Valve has, that Epic has to... Uh, attract developers by by paying them for exclusivity. Uh, so while I understand that this specific situation is a little bit unfortunate, I also feel that the uh, outraged reaction of some is not directed the way it should be and, and exaggerated. I mean, and also this will be a special case probably in the future if there is a similar deal that happens the uh game will be pre will be available for pre-order on the one store where, where it will end up being this is kind of the yeah. the start of I it. think but, the difference is like division 2 announcing that they would only be available on Uplay and the Epic Store should have should have been just as controversial um or maybe or maybe even more so the reason it wasn't is there wasn't any sort of okay, we're here, oh, we're pulling out for a better deal. Right, like, that's right. the difference, I think. And so mm. that and, and um, uh, out, uh, uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, which I'm very much looking forward to, that's that's now happening. It is at least a timed exclusive on Epic, game I very much want. Um, none of those were as controversial as this. I think this one just has the unique position of being the one where they were already on Steam and already taking money. And, you know, we're basically living in your house and then just suddenly said, I'm out of here, mom, dad, you know. <laughs> okay, I, I guess I that's, that's fair, yeah. Mm. 
Okay, that's that's fair enough. Um, it's just you know Valve saying oh it's unfair is making me react <laughs> in a certain I, way. I don't like it. Yeah, and I think that is about it for the big news of the month. So um, we managed to stay under. 40 minutes. The video game briefing is indeed a quick briefing. So very cool. Thank you for being on with me, Scott. Would you tell people uh, who want more news uh, from you or more anything from you? Maybe they want new ducks uh, where they Mm. can find all of those things. Oh, all of it, including the new ducks at frogpants.com. And specifically, if you're uh, looking to expand your gamer horizons and would like to get deeper into the world of what's out there, especially I don't know. I really like independent games big time. So if you're into that sort of thing, we cover a lot of that on a little show I call uh, Boop, uh, which you can find at frogpants.com slash B-O-O-P. Myself and my co-host Brian Dunaway each week talking about um, the games we like to play the most. Not so much, you know, the hottest, newest, latest. Sometimes it's just the coolest thing we think is cool. And uh, we have a really good time on there. So definitely check that out if you're into it. Otherwise, frogpants.com will get you to everything, including those new ducks Patrick hinted at. I'll let you <laughs> discover it for yourselves. Uh, and you can also hear my ramblings each and every day at twitter.com slash Scott Johnson. Perfect. For me, it's not Patrick. Not Patrick, one word, at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also find my shows at frenchspin.com, one of which is a gaming show. Um, we go deep into Anthem and the demo and the possible uh, end game of, well, maybe not end game, but uh, the full game on the latest episode that was just published today. So you can go check that out. It's Pixels on your, your podcast app. It's a perfect companion to Scott's boop show. And uh, you can also find the Phileas Club, where we talk about politics. A great departure from what we talk about here. On the latest episode, I had um, my friend Eric, from uh, who talked to us from China, and uh, Gareth, who was kind enough to talk to us about the reasons why he, he was uh, voting. He voted for the Brexit. That's an opinion you don't hear very often. That show is called The Phileas Club. You can find it at frenchspin.com. Dot com. Thank you very much for listening. And of course, thank you for contributing to the Daily Tech News Show, of which this show is an offshoot. And we will talk to you again in a month for the next monthly video game briefing. Bye. Bye. Bye.